Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the PT Podcast brought to you by Crossroads Community Church in Lindale, Texas. I am your host, PT, otherwise known as Pata, if you are phonetically challenged. Pata. Anyways, Potato Head. I don't care whatever you call me. If you call it loud enough, I'm coming running. Anyways, uh, I'm here with my podcasting partners, the Bald Beauty, Steve Howard. What's up, Steve? How y'all doing, guys? And then you know what? You're loving the only one in this room that's redheaded, Todd the Irishman Bergen. What's up, Todd? Hey, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. Joining us again, maybe the last one for a while because she's about to head back to the Dominican Republic, is the brilliant, the wonderful Alexis brilliant. Garland from Ray's Ministries. Hey, Alexis, how you doing? Hey, guys. Excited to be here. Cool, cool. All right, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. I don't want to do a lot of preliminaries, but we are going to talk about stuff that's happening in our lives. Uh, first of all, last Sunday, this last Sunday, uh, which was what? September 26. something. 26. Thank 26. you. I'm, I'm so far out of it at this point. I don't. I'm not even going to pretend that I, 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 I know what day it is. Um, Serenity Farm groundbreaking, though, last Sunday. Went Yay. awesome. Yeah. Yay. Got, got videos, and and uh, Todd was laughing like a, a little boy on the tractor. I, I, thought I, was that was, lo- I was loving it. That was the perfect thing, dude. That was awesome. So what, what's up? What, what do you want people to know about Serenity Farm, first of all? Second of all, what all is happening and what's coming up? And give us a, a brief overview of everything that's happening. Well, things that are coming up. Obviously, we broke ground. We're getting ready. Yeah, I know. It's so exciting. It's <laughs> awesome. Yes. So, getting the large plot um, ready for planting potatoes, onions, that sort of thing. Ooh. It's so beautiful. It's just yes, it serene. Potatoes and what? Serenity. Onions and oh, beets yes. and oh. corn. Oh, yes. Yeah. What else? I think that's about it for that field. Okay. Well, later on, we'll be doing watermelons. Yes. <laughs> And don't forget about pumpkins next Halloween. We'll yeah, be ready next pumpkins. Halloween. Yes. I think that way we can have the kids come out and have a good time. Yeah, we have plans for that, too. Yes. Yeah, that'll yeah. be fun. It'll yeah. be a little little project that yeah. we could uh, raise some cash for the farm. And uh, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Actually, you need like a cha-ching, cha-ching. I, I thought about yeah. it, but then yeah. I didn't want it to sound like we were, you know. That's, you know right, yeah, right, yeah. Not know, about that's the money. Cool. No, it's about the harp. I, I kind of dig the harp better. We had yeah. somebody donate a tractor to us. And Whoa, so yeah. I spent, yeah, I spent the whole day yesterday working on it. <laughs> yes. You got to like tractors that you have to work on. Yeah. I do. I love projects. I really do. It but, that, makes, but the price that we paid for that tractor was perfect. Yeah. It was yes. perfect. Yeah. Um, I'll take the, I'll take the extra little bit of money I had to put into it to get it up and running. But yeah, cleaning out the gas tank is one. Uh, I was yes. wondering what that smell was. That's gasoline. Yeah. I had it all over my hands. <laughs> And so it's funny. I put my hand on my mouth when I drink my coffee, and it's like, oh, Starbucks and unleaded. Nice. Uh, good fragrance. But anyway, so uh, moving right along, uh, as far as Serenity Farms, upcoming events, we've got, uh, we'll be also getting the roadbed acre and a half. Actually, I measured it off. It's shy of an acre. That's okay, though. Yeah, I know. Okay. I was going to knock on some trees. We're going to talk about that later. Okay. Anyways, it's so used to me at this point. Yeah, it's all good. All right. So, anyways, we'll get those beds ready. Get the compost down. Get cardboard down. We got to do a a cardboard day. Compost. Yes, compost. Compost. Not the kind of compost that you probably frequent in the morning. It's a different kind of compost. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I know. Sorry to let you all down, folks. But. Yes. So cardboard. If, yeah, though. we're looking for a cardboard cardboard, cardboard. donation. Huh. If it's yeah. tore up, it doesn't matter. Just bring it. Yeah, I got yeah. lots of cardboard around yeah. my house. Y'all need it? 
Yeah. I mean, we literally do. have a lot of cardboard. Sure. Yeah. Just bring it on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, All I'm right. gonna be going. To, I'm gonna be going to Sam's Club. I'm gonna be going to Lowe's. I'm gonna be going Ooh. to okay. yes. Talk to Starbucks. They're gonna donate. Well, they're gonna donate. We're gonna snag all their coffee grounds from them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we had that. some people come we up. Have moving boxes is what we have. We had, people, we had some people come up on Sunday and say they had chicken poop. Chicken poop's too hot. It's yeah. too hot. Too hot. Too well, hot. Because you can't put it down right away. But we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it and we'll put it in the yeah. compost yeah. pile. Yes, the, we'll pi- be, the we'll, pile of we'll compost. Be, we'll be brewing, brewing up some compost pile so yes. what else is coming up we got we got all that stuff that you're you're planning on doing but what else is coming up that you might want people to know well unfortunately i'm back ordered on the uh, greenhouse and so putting up the 100 foot greenhouse is going to be a slow process because i'm waiting for them to get them in stock oh i did find a company that was uh, out of kentucky i think it was they only wanted the small fortune for their greenhouse and also they're the only ones that have them right now. Really? But, you know, when you ask 10 grand for the... Goodness. Yes, right? So, well, I'm going to be... Green, green house. Okay, yeah, so I'm alluding cool. to something. What's happening on Sunday? This Sunday. Yes. This Sunday. Well, we, we've got a work party going on at the church Woo! here. Yeah. So, if all hands were on deck, we would get uh, a large amount of things done that I, I would love to have on the task list. Um, obviously, we're working on the coffee bar in the church. Yay! So carpentry. That's important. Yes. That's Outside the church, we've got uh, we got some other acreage that we have to clear off, weed whackers and such. And unfortunately, some of the weeds that have grown in there look like trees. Ah! Yes, exactly. So <laughs> we'll be tearing them down. So I, last week, we talked about Laura's cooking. Steve? Yeah, she's great. Great cook. Yeah, great cook. Barbecuer is what yes. we. Well, I think is we Laura were talking cooking about. this weekend? Is she going to come cook? Steve? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Well, you haven't asked. So have uh, yeah, haven't asked. So we when haven't heard it? from when, Laura. Steve kind of goes. When to, is it? He goes to another ch- Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. Uh, no, we, I thought we, we still got a lot of company right now. I thought we determined that, and they're all mail, by the way. What? Yeah. He's got something in the mail. A lot of company over there that's male figures. Oh, yes. All the boys. And I they could all come over and help us work. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, no. again, I say. I've got uh, ditches Steve? that need to be. <laughs> yes, Steve. We've got ditches that need to be dug. No. You said 11 no. people, right? At your, That's like yes. an army. We can put man, them to work. We've got, irrig- yeah. we got irrigation Steve? to put out for the trees. we got, yes, man. I mean, we got fruit trees I going think, in. And, I think and this if is. We had, yeah. I think this is an idea that his time has come, is what no, I think. No, they're leaving on Monday, so we won't. That's our last last day. So. We'll get it all out on Friday and Saturday. You got plenty of time. That's right. You got, you've Come got a homecoming on. parade that you're going to, man. Don't even don't don't play with me. You got a homie? A homecoming play with me. Yes. Play with me. Go to homecoming. For tell me again. about you got guests and you go to cowboy games. Where's the button on that one? I don't know, man. Oh yeah, I yeah, do yeah. I don't. Hey, don't even act like you like the cowboys. I didn't mm-hmm. say I liked the Cowboys, but I didn't mm-hmm. say I didn't not like the Cowboys. I just see Alexis beat me two seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not what a big. I'm not a big, with you? I'm not a big football fan. Okay, just not that guy. Steve talking about the Cowboy game because I know you just want to rub it in. But you and Laura, I know Laura He's had an excellent. Shirt. I know, man, had a great anniversary. Three years. Yes. In marital bliss. Yes, awesome marital bliss. Marital bliss, and they celebrated that marital bliss. By by what? What did what did you first of all? So first, well, we, we um, our, uh, on our my son, birthday, you went and got something. What'd you get? What? You got a 
Oh, a guitar. Yeah, yeah. What yes. was that? Yeah. See, I'm alluding to these things. So uh, I want to make sure. Yeah. I got me a new. Um, Your dream. My gu- dream Taylor guitar. It's, wow. Yeah, my wife. Yeah. Yes. Co- I was. What color is it? It's a. Uh, it's like sunburst brown with. Ooh. It's got a lot of bling. It's got the. And your wife bought this for it's Tim? Rose? No. 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 Oh, I thought she bought it's it got, for Tim. No, no she I, got it for me. I did get a nice card, though. It was very, very I got nice. a nice card, yes. I got a nice card, yes. yes I got did. a very nice card. Yes, and we got to hang out with y'all that night. It was fun. Yes, and he blessed me with his presents. Yes, I did. Well, and, and so did Bryce. Bryce was there. I got to meet Bryce. Yes, sure. Bryce right. was there. And like, uh, what happened is Bryce had to go back. He, you know, he came and spent a week with us from, mm-hmm. he's in the um, Air Force. And so he got to come. He's in Italy. He got Thank to come you, see us. Yes, we loved it. It was great. But we had to take him back on our anniversary on the Monday. We had to take him back to the airport. And so we're like, when we're in Dallas, we're going to try to find something to do for our anniversary. Something to do. Yeah. Yeah, just wait till they tell you what uh, something uh, is. Well, first, so, you know, we want to try to do something romantic, you know, because it's our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we start looking. Uh, so what we do... We, we go to the Grapevine Mills Mall, and so we just go down there, and then we start seeing everybody in cowboy everything. Um, Wait, so, you went to it? You went to the Grapevine Mills Mall for yeah. your anniversary? Yes, we we, we ate it. Remember the Rainforest Cafe? <laughs> the Rainforest Cafe raining? is cool. Yeah, it's was cool. it raining there? It's good food. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. The tigers were roaring. It was fun. Yeah, Rawr. Yeah, it was fun. They have tigers at the Rainforest Cafe. Yes, they do. You know, tigers and lions and bears. Oh my. my. Yes. Yes. Um, then no cows. No cows. Yes, they probably did. I bet you had a burger or something, didn't you? No, we had uh, salmon. Oh, she had fish. We had um, coconut shrimp, coconut battered shrimp. It was amazing. Okay, good. All right. So what 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 happened? You saw the cowboy stuff. Okay, so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. So you know, we want to do something romantic. So we looked up. There's a gondola thing. It was like for like four hundred dollars. Like no way. I said, we're dissidenting in Italy, so I'm not going to do that. Um, and then we called the um, we called the uh, Dallas uh, Symphony and see if they had anything going on. And then they told us, they tried to help us find something. They said, nothing is on. And we're like, wonder why nothing is available, nothing. And then come to find out, uh, I was like, I didn't realize that Dallas was playing that day. I knew that. I didn't get to check the scores on Sunday, so I thought I thought I'd call. I'd check my and see what they the score was, and I realized, oh no, they're playing tonight. And I'm like, babe, what do you think about a cowboy game? I've always wanted to go to the stadium. I've never been there. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And then she started looking, and she's then doesn't share the same. And then. Then she, <laughs> then she started looking at tickets, and we found some tickets. And as we would try to find the ticket and get the ticket, it would disappear. And then we'd have to keep trying. And finally, we got a ticket. <laughs> Just one. They were going fast, uh, and we got we got the nosebleed. But um, come to find out, my wife absolutely loved it. It was the best game to go to. They stomped the Eagles. It was fun to watch. It was. It was. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that was, that's that's that's. And my wife said that. we're going to have to do this again. She loved it so much, and then of course there was no, um, there was no places to stay because all of the hotels anywhere near the stadium were gone. They were all sold out, so we didn't have a place to stay. So um, I said, well, let's just drive towards Plano 
And so we just took off towards Plano. We find a we found a Marriott there at the Legacy. And they stayed in their car in the parking no. lot because they were completely out of money after that. No. <laughs> no, my wife had some points with the Marriott through her other work. And so we stayed and they upgraded us since it was our anniversary. So we got a really nice, nice balcony and the top floor is really cool. Okay, so God special, is good. Special wow. night. Yeah, I, I'm a special shade of, shade of green at yes. this point. Yeah, yeah. So my wife loved our anniversary. And so did I. Yes, you you should you should have. Yes, and your birthday. And we're done spending money now. <laughs> I, I'll be right. Yeah. Yes, no right. more spending money. Right. That's I've always said that too. Mm-hmm. I always figure out a new way, an exciting way to spend money. Alexis. Yes. You are heading back to Dominican pretty quick. Yes, we are. We leave on October the 10th. Wow. Well, we've we've really enjoyed having you around. Uh, appreciate yes. you coming. And, Thanks for having me. It's been fun. So uh, at those at home that may be listening for the first time, what's Ray's ministry and, and what, what does it endeavor to do? So we are a nonprofit um, mission organization based in the Dominican Republic, mm. and we are dedicated to helping we would love to end it. We don't know if that is in our lifetime, but we would love to start the process of be providing, the be the change, providing a safe place yes. for child slavery that is wow. happening in the Dominican Republic every day. Um, it's being trafficked in from Haiti. We can record 2,500 every year, wow. um, but those are just the ones that, that are recorded. You know there's more, we know for there's sure. more. Yeah. And uh, it is our long-term goal to build a safe house for these children, but we want to do it in the most culturally sensitive and um, the most upright way that we can. And so when we head back on October the 10th, the first thing that we are going to get started is registering our organization with the Dominican Republic. It is a long process full of red tape, um, and we are going to grit our teeth and we're going to get it done because we want to be above board on everything that we do, make sure that we provide a very stable and a safe place for these children to go to. Um, so that is our main goal, but we also, while we're there, are going to be working in the communities to build trust, provide medical care, um, just meet needs where we can. We're also working with three feeding programs because, as everyone knows, the prices of everything has shot up, and that is very true for the Dominican Republic. The food has tripled, and they couldn't afford it to begin with. Mm. And so we are helping with um, the feeding programs there in the meantime and just loving on the people every single day they are beautiful bright wonderful people um, and if you're interested in what we do you can go to our website which is raise r-a-i-z ministry.org you can find out more information you can send us an email and we'll be happy to talk with you awesome ministry awesome ministry if you guys have never yeah. looked into it you need to go there and check it out um and you said the people are what bright and bright and beautiful and full of life and so so sweet and kind. you guys are gonna fit right in Aww. i'm just saying yes. all right so um we are we're, we we wanted to give you something uh for 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 doing what you do and and uh, that's just for Positive. you that's not even for your parents you don't give that to it's your parents. Not for my parents no it's for you no. you that's for you you spend it on you you go and splurge and have a good time that's wow. from us to you this is your podcasting people amen and that I way thought you, this was volunteer work well, it is. It is. It when is. do I get in mine? You don't. You went to the cowboy game and didn't invite me, punk. Huh? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you guys are making me sad. So, uh, anyways, oh, so good. we're very we're happy with what you're doing. We are, awesome. and yes. we want we want to bless you and, and and encourage you and tell you how much you mean to us and yes. and your family means to us and you're just uh, you guys are one of a kind. So we appreciate sure. y'all and everything you're doing. You got our prayers, but more than that, we want you to know how much we love you. 
Thank yes. you very much. So, uh, all right, let's get into the topic today. We all know the rhyme, liar, liar, pants on, on fire. fire. And today our topic is exactly about that. Is is all deception bad? Question mark. Hmm. So before we get into these, uh, before we get into the topic, let's get into these scriptures. And uh, let me ask the panel first of all: Do you believe that there is ever a time that we should lie? Better said, do you think that there is such a thing as benevolent deception? And before we answer that, let's go ahead and look to the Bible. Exodus twenty sixteen says, "Do not bear false witness against your neighbor." I want you to note the way that's worded: "Do not bear false witness against your neighbor." Um, then Leviticus 19.11 says, you shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another. Mm-hmm. And then go to Titus. That's in the New Testament, by the way. And it's sure. taking me just a te- second to get there. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies, never lies, promised before the ages began. So obviously he is a God that never lies. What I'm venturing to find out is that is is there ever a time where there i guess we need to define what these things are lies deception if there is a middle ground into this stuff if if all lying if it's just legally the second that you do a falsehood is it bad because if that's the case if i turn to joshua chapter two let's go there real quick if you're, if you're not there already then get there and give you just a second to get there because it's taking me just a second to get there and i'm using a a, a digital device so you don't hear the pages flipping. Although it probably would sound a lot more holy if the pages mm-hmm. were flipping. Yes. yes. All right, so here we go. This is the story. Joshua's the, the son of Nun, and that's not N-O-N-E, that's N-U-N. And no, it's not a nun like Sound of Music Nun. That's, although it's spelled like that, it's actually a guy's name, Nun. Sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, say, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Um, the king the finds out about what happens, and uh, it's told the, the, the king of Jericho, Behold, the men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, comma, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. Was that true? No. No. Did Rahab lie? I think she hit yeah, him up in the attic. Possibly. Technically, yes, she did because she knew exactly where they were. She was the one that hit him. And she knew that they didn't leave out the gate because they were in, in her raptors. house. They were in the raptors. Oh, yep. my goodness. Well, see... Some people would call that a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Say it isn't so. I know. Okay. Got all this legal stuff that people like to put out, don't lie. Don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. But then you get this example of Joshua too. And guess who's in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11? Rahab. Rahab. Holy cow. So let's just have the conversation here. Let's get into this. Let's delineate. I'm going to get all into the semantics of it all. I'm going to go all bookish on you. Lying in the Greek in the Strong's Concordance, the G5579, it's called pseudos. And yes, that's where we get our term, pseudoscience, pseudo stuff like that. It's not, it's fake. It's not good. It's false. Mm-hmm. Lie and lying are related words in the Bible. Take note of the detailed definition here. A lie is what it, it literally means. Pseudos means a lie. It's a conscious and intentional falsehood. And mm-hmm. in a broad sense, whatever, it's not what it seems to be. It's a perverse, impious, and deceitful precepts. Now that's important to note. Mm-hmm. The subtext to a lie is malicious if we're talking about 
perverse, impious, and deceitful precepts. Okay, those are those are those are big terms for it's not built on a foundation that's good. Okay, mm-hmm. so when we're talking about lying in the Greek, it's it's referring to something that is is not a good thing. It's not a it's a it's impious, it's perverse, and it's deceitful in its precepts. Okay, it's it's doing this to to hurt somebody. Um, although I don't see malicious in that, I would say that those things contextually can lead to me understanding that lying when it's referring to pseudo in the Greek is talking about a perverse and impious or malicious reason. Now in the Hebrew term is translated many ways, which I find to be interesting, but the Hebrew term in Strong's is three, five, seven, six kazab, which is a primitive root, which generally means to lie or be a liar. And the translation is translated in the following words. And this is pretty cool too. fail twice. So, when you hear God is not a man that he should lie, but that word could be translated into fail. Uh-huh. Oh, or false or liars or lie. Now it's translated into lie six times in the new American standard lied twice, but everything else is one lying. Prove me a liar. Prove me a liar. Told lies. Any of those things. God is not a man that he told lies that, that he, any of those things in its root could be used for that purpose. That's how it's translated those ways. So uh, fail is used the second most, which is twice. The, the biggest usage is obviously lie, the word lie, and that's six times in the New American Standard. Now, in this particular case of deception by Rahab that we read earlier, the Bible didn't list her actions specifically as lying. Mm-hmm. which I find it never used kazab and never used that root or any derivative of that word in that text. So although in context, we realize that Rahab was dabbling in deception, wasn't she? Yes. Okay. So now for most of us, the tricky question isn't whether lying is okay, because we know that we probably shouldn't be lying to one another. That's not something that we should be doing. That's yes. it, it, because of our relational context. I want to be honest with you. I want to feel like I can be honest with you. So the tricky question is, what counts as a lie? Now, we would agree that the bullface lying is wrong, but is it wrong to tell a friend an, an encouraging white lie? This is a question that I want you guys to ponder. What about when our spouse asks us if one of those, you know, one of those lose-lose questions, one of those danged if you do, danged if you don't, like, mm-hmm. do you think she's pretty? Or, or how do these pants make my butt look? Or do motives play a factor in this? Do you, you know, when, when, we're, when we're answering those questions, does a motive play a factor in that and i i don't know we're gonna say now in our biblical example of rahab um there's another example that i want to bring out before we get into massive conversation um there's a girl named corey tinboom during the world war ii Mm -hmm. and the well-known story of the hiding place and for some time she and her sister hid jews and enabled them to escape from the nazis and and you know they with her actions here probably spared them trips to the concentration camp so Mm -hmm. repeatedly she was asked point blank by the Nazis, the Gestapo, if she was hiding Jews, and she routinely lied to the authorities in order to protect their lives. Now, the Bible says don't lie. But Corrie Ten Boom lied. Do you think that she was, is she going to hell? Now, I, I'm no. one more branch on the fire, and then we're going we're gonna to go start. There was a study done in 2014 by Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, 
Emily Vine, a doctoral candidate, and her co-author, Wharton Professor Marie Schweitzer, wanted to scientifically identify exact instances when lying is considered immoral. And to do this, they put hundreds of subjects through scenarios involving deception to see whether they judge particular forms of lying to be good or bad. For example, in some cases, lying to someone might result in giving the recipient of the lie a few dollars. In other cases, lying to someone might result in taking a few dollars away from the recipient of the lie. Everybody follow me? Say, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the results were absolutely unanimous. Lying to help another person was consistently perceived to be good. Mm-hmm. While lying that had no effect on the other person or that actually harmed them was perceived to be wrong. Okay. In the paper, Levine and Schweitzer both wrote, individuals with altruistic intentions are perceived to be moral, more benevolent, and more honest even when they lie. All right. So knowing what we know, all those branches on the fire, let's start to answer some of the questions that I got here. Is there a difference between lying and deception or are we just splitting hairs? I open up the floor. Wow. Is there a difference between lying and deception? Yes. Yes, I believe so. 100%. Yes. Well, Steve's going to go with the peer pressure routine. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's let's explain it. I mean, in most cases, when you want to talk about when your wife says to you, "Do these pants make me look fat?" Well, what's your relationship like with her? Are you okay with saying, "You know, honey, it doesn't make you look fat, but your butt's a little pompous." I don't danger, think those danger, jeans. Danger. I don't think those jeans are the right kind of jeans for you. Now, and do you have a good enough relationship with your wife? Let, let, you can say that, and she'd be like, "Let me narrow this down, though, honest. bro. Let me narrow what 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 is the difference in in your semantics between lying and deception? How would you how would you tell me what the difference is between those two things? Well, I would have to say that uh, obviously deception, like you've stated, is a a factor of hurting other people mm-hmm. it creates so deception is hurting other people mm-hmm. what about lying well just like the young lady who was at with the guards and said hey no i haven't seen anybody but those guys were god had given them the land okay so but kazab literally means it's malicious it's perverse it's not so the lying part that it, it defines it as a liar it's saying it's flip-flop of that, saying that deception, I didn't actually define deception. Do you have something on that, Alexis? I think you had said you had something on that. I do. I She's think got a lot of I would define it a little bit differently than you, Todd. I think that um, I couldn't say that one is bad and one is good mm-hmm. or that one always has good intentions and one always has bad intentions. I think to lie would be to intentionally spread disinformation or to say something that you know to be false um, or that you know to be true and represent it as false. Uh, whereas deception could be to mislead or misdirect using your actions or your words. So you could deceive someone into thinking that you are someone you're not by what you're wearing or, you know, but lying particularly is to say, you know, there's a thousands of Christians that do that all the time on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) There's pastors that do that all the time. All right, go ahead. Um, so I do believe that there is a difference between the two, but So lying is purposely misrepresenting something either if it's truthful and you're presenting it as false or something's false is presenting it as truthful, making something that is not 
truthful. It's not, it's not honest, Mm -hmm. but deception is a mis what clarify. I would say to mislead or misdirect. I think that you don't think lying does the same thing though. I think it does. And again, there's an element of this. I believe that's arbitrary because in our language, we have so many words that are very similar. They mean the same thing and it'll differ between translations. Like two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but in the way that I think about it, because I think we all have our ways of just clarifying and thinking about things in our own minds. But the mm-hmm. way I think about it is lying is when you intentionally are saying something that you very well know to be false. Um, for instance, I have a friend who will say, well, I lied to this person when they did not realize they were saying something that was untrue. They just they thought that it was true and they spread the information and they'll say, oh, they made a liar out of me. I wouldn't call that lying because at the time they did not know that that was not true. They thought they were speaking the truth, but they weren't. I think that there has to be intention so behind lying. You think that it's contingent upon their understanding? I do. Whereas I would say deception, it can be intentional. Um, I can unintentionally deceive. I think that there's an element where um, I could represent myself in a way that I'm not meaning to represent myself and it could lead someone to a certain conclusion that I didn't really intentionally put forth, whereas lying is more intentional. But I could also intentionally deceive. I could misdirect, I could mislead, I could... Um, so what's the common denominator there? If if lying and deception and deceiving and dishonesty, there's they're all totally different words, but there's a common denominator that you're, 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 you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. We haven't even said it. What's the common denominator underneath those decisions? Do you know? Do you know? Then, yeah, your actions, your heart. My motive. Motive. Yeah. So if I, or common understanding, uh-huh. any of those things. So what we're talking about lying. And if, if I'm not purposely trying to deceive, you're, you're saying that I, that it matters, that, that, that motive obviously matters in, how we're viewing that deception is what that study said. I believe it does. That altruistic intentions are per- perceived to be more moral, more benevolent, more honest, even when they are deceptive or when they lie. And you're saying the same thing. Just Todd's saying the same exact thing when he's saying, well, I think that one is when we're just saying this to our wives, you know, that, you know, I think we need to have the relationship where we can say those things, but we also have to gauge on what is more what's most beneficial to them, what's most loving to them. If yeah. wrecking their heart in the process, you know, I know some people that, when, when I first started dating Cheryl, um, back in <laughs> that many years ago, um, uh, my my premise was brutal honesty. And I can tell you, count on my hand, the number of times that that and was- she stuck with him. Oh yeah, dude. Wow. She deserves some kind of reward. I'm just yep. saying, She's, oh, she we'll is my hero. She yeah. is my hero. but. Um, when she would ask questions like that, I would be brutally honest. I would say things like, well, yeah, you look pretty fat in that or that kind of stuff. And she would obviously would not hit her right. And there was no, um, I changed date night. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It was just a tad tense every now and again, but I was a jerk. I'm I'm not even going to say that I wasn't. I'm I'm simply saying that, um, but if we take this as a legal term, and we say that all deception, all lying, without anything, is completely terrible. It's bad. It's it's hideous. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm sure I'll get plenty of comments, like I have been on this last podcast that we did. That you know we're false prophets or we're heretical because we represent the another side of understanding of these things. But I'm just telling you, if if it's just legal centric, then every person that walks in the door 
of the church and claims to be a Christian but walks out of that church and lives their life differently than what Christ lived it, then we're all involved in that deception. We're all bad. Or if you said to your wife yesterday that she looked good, knowing full well that she did not look good, you're a deceiver, you're a liar, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to hell because of that. I just don't. I, I think, it, it, let's say you're Corey Tinboom and you look at the Nazi, and if all lying is bad, and let's take it to the extreme end of trying to protect somebody, and you're telling someone that, you know, I did. I'm high, I'm not hiding them. I'm, there's nobody here. When you know full well that you are hiding them, and that there mm-hmm. is someone here. If all lying is bad, then Corey Tinboom just sinned against God. So I I think we we need to come to that conclusion pretty early in this podcast that not all deception, not all lying, is morally. And I think we used this term a little earlier: morally reprehensible, uh, morally bad. What do you think, Steve? Well, you're the only one that hasn't really said anything yet. Okay, so what I got from her conversation is uh, deception's not always spoken. That's true. But a lie is usually a false statement that has been spoken. So um, I, that's kind of where I get from the difference between the two. That's insightful. That's it's very good. Yeah, you're right. Because a lie is a, a, a spoken untruth. Uh Usually intent is to deceive. Right. Um, but you can deceive somebody without even saying anything just by doing something under underhanded, you know. It can be an action, not just a spirit. Or even unintentionally is what she said. Yeah, she said yeah. it can even be unintentional. Um, but like you said, it's the motive of the heart. Um, Seems to be the common but, theme around here. Most of the time, mm. most of the time, when people speak a lie we don't want them to lie to us because that we want people to be honest and usually when somebody does speak they they speak either to protect themselves because they don't want the truth to be found or they um, want to deceive for their own gain okay that's generally what usually lying is used you're saying that the overarching reason why lying is used is not not very good things. Generally, no. And that's why I would prefer people to be honest with me. And now, back to my wife, like you said, the deception. Um, generally, if, if she asks me, if, if I tell her that it looks good and she reads my face, she'll know. Because she knows my face is saying something different than my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, Laura. So she'll say, does this look good? Steve. And I'll say, yeah, it looks, it looks good. And she's like, no, it, it doesn't look liar. good. Yeah. It doesn't look good. I'm not getting it. No. Nope. Hey, I got a poker game coming up later on this uh, this evening. You want to you join? If you go on equipment. Trust me, I will not be a good poker game. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm thinking. If you go on equipment and you hear this, ah! you know what's happening at Steve's house. Yes. He just <laughs> gave her that look. Yeah. Okay, so. All right. If if the overarching, we got to be careful with generalizations because yeah. if if we generalize this statement, then you look now. Obviously, not every instance is like Corey Tinboom. Yes, but okay. So let me ask you a question. All of us, did God ever use deception? Did ever did he ever tell a, a, a falsehood? <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. 
Alexis quite clearly said yes. What did you say, Todd? I said, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, you think he did? What, what about you, Steve? You went to Southwestern Assemblies of God you, University. Say God doesn't lie. That's what I heard you say earlier. That's what so. Titus said. God is yeah. not a man that he should lie. lie. God is not. God does not lie. God, okay. He definitely didn't say something. That was not do, you, do you think God defines lying like we define lying? I don't believe so. Do you think he legalizes those things like we legalize them? He plays by the rule of the heart. I'd be lying if I told you I, I knew the answer to that. Okay. God is. <laughs> God is, in fact, described as working in ways that border. He is truth, so I don't see how he could be a lie. Well, I'm about to explain it to you. Okay, I'm listening. He, he borders on deception in the fallen world. And there are some examples, particularly in the Old Testament, where God uses deception. And they seem to be a puzzling contradiction to the notion that God does not lie. You can look at 1 Kings 22, 23. Jeremiah chapter four, verse 10 and 20, chapter 20, verse seven. And, but in all these cases, every single one of them, all of these cases, the people of Israel are firmly entrenched in idolatry mm-hmm. and are awaiting God's judgment in the coming exile. So God has already made the truth clear to the people that they have, they have rejected it and judgment is forthcoming. Yes, And it's clear that God is not deceiving the people as a means of instruction, but as a means of judgment. So I think when people reject truth, even God's character becomes a deception to them, which that would label what Romans 1 talks about, a depraved mind, someone who is engaged in so much deception, thinking that they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie, that God and his truth becomes almost a falsehood to them, um, which would explain atheism. All right. So however, I I think in deceiving the self-deceived, God's actions do not contradict his character and truth. Um, yeah. A New Testament parallel, of course, occurs in Paul's teachings in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse eleven through twelve. It says, "For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but delighted in wickedness." So here, Paul describes how at the end times the man of lawlessness sets himself up to to, to be God, mm-hmm. and to counter the self deception, God uses deception not to mislead the people but to judge those that, that have abandoned the truth. Thus, when Paul speaks of the God who never lies in Titus 1-2, he is stating the character of God, yet recognizing that in a fallen world, the deepest truth at times must be cloaked in deception for the sake of love, like Cory Tindu. Um, it's not justifiable exception to the truthful character of God's image um, for humanity, but it is absolutely a fulfillment of a deeper truth in love. Um, so God can, did you not understand any of that? Steve's looking at me like you just spoke in tongues and I'm waiting for the interpretation. Yes. What I'm saying is that when engaging sinful men that Mm -hmm. do not, they're all about themselves. They're not about love. They're not about his, his regard is for his kids. Mm -hmm. His regard is for his kingdom and it's to act totally in love for all that are involved. And it is not loving for, for himself, for his kids for his kingdom and even for the sinner to to um, to engage in ways that are um, helpful to their lies or helpful to their objective. Do you understand what I mean? And so he's got to determine the best course of action in that moment, whether or not it is good for him to protect like Corey Ten Boom or whether he reveals the plan and lets everybody in on what he's about to do. So in essence, the deception is strategic and 
not letting the man of lawlessness know what's happening. And he brings a dark, deep delusion, not dark, but deep delusion on those that are um, not not following truth. Why? So that they believe the lie and they continue on their course and that they, he can go ahead and strategically lead his armies to defeat the man of lawlessness. Does that make sense? Yes, that so, makes sense. So God is engaging in that deception, but so it he is... De- he deceives his enemies. Well, here in the end times, he's saying that God uses deception not to mislead people, mm-hmm. but to bring about the judgment that needs to happen in order to bring about the, the things that he's prophesied and promised that were coming. Well, I don't think that the... I don't think that it goes against his character of truth because he's the the whole basis is love. The whole basis is the foundation of love, which I think is going to be what we what mm-hmm. we would talk about anyways. But does God do it? Yeah, I think God we see instances in the Bible where God dabbles in the deception. I don't think he ever says I don't think he ever speaks something and then doesn't let it be true. Like you were talking about, Todd, where you said, you know, the, the speaking part of it where you're speaking a lie. And then I think he's more about the strategic reason of uh, of doing the things that he's doing. He mm-hmm. he's he's basing everything and all of his actions on love. And if it's more loving, to make sure that you know he's not revealing what's happening. Or um, let's let's do another one, just a little bit more um, grassroots here. Let's let's talk about Jonah. He told Jonah that he was going to destroy Nineveh. He didn't give him um, factors on what would change his mind. He just simply said, go tell Nineveh that I'm going to destroy them. And Jonah knew who God was and said, well, I know what you're going to do. You're going to tell them this, and then they're going to repent, and you're going to recant. I'm not doing that. I want the Assyrians to die. Just destroy yeah, them, I want God. Just go ahead and do it. Why are you sending me? Okay, but I want you to go tell them. Just do so it. Did God deceive the Ninevites, or did he influence them into a good decision? Both. He gave them an opportunity Alex, to turn. Well, yeah, but through what? Deception. Deception. Well, he said, well, I'm sure he said if you. Was it sure, a lie? I'm sure he gave a condition. No, he didn't. I'm sure whenever. Well, we don't know. because we never No, we do that. know. Jonah de- never gave a. He told them that he was going to destroy exactly what God told him. Of course, he was in the belly of a whale for three days. He didn't say. But. If well, that's because no, he no, no he didn't decision. say that he wasn't an evangelist in that capacity. He wanted the Syrians to die. Yeah, but since he came out of the fish, that was their god, and they were like, they recognized him. They didn't see him come out of the fish. Oh well, <laughs> you're stretching. You know the story. Yeah, he walks in, and Nineveh says, "God's well, going to destroy like, you," and Nineveh goes, but, "Oh God, yeah. please don't." And then God relents. But it yeah. wasn't until the now. Let me ask you a question: God didn't deceive because would he have destroyed them if they hadn't have? Yes. Possibly. It could be considered a lie by omission. Yeah. Well, now we're getting into the sin of omission or sin of commission. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't know, you know, I don't know the intent. And I don't know the intent of God's heart, although I know the character of God is completely loving. And knowing the character, that's what I'm trying to implement here, is saying that his deception does not counter the love that is in his nature. That's that's the foundation of God. He is love. God is love. He is truth, but that truth is built on the foundation of his character of love. Mm-hmm. So, and wisdom is lo- love and knowledge combined. So that love and knowledge combined is the act of wisdom, mm-hmm. okay? And that's, he's completely wise. So when we're talking about that stuff, his act to deceive in that capacity was completely wise based on his character and his nature, okay? Now, if we're to reflect that, then we have to say that not all deception is bad. Is bad. 
Yeah, the way in that I, context. Right. Well, he obviously wanted to save them. That's why he sent Jonah. Maybe. Well, he wanted to at least give him a chance. What? We don't know. No. He, he saved Come him. on. He said, go go, go to him. Go to him and tell him. Just tell and him I'm going like, to destroy him. I don't want to go. But why would he? And, why would jo- and Jonah knew him? who he was, so yeah, he yeah. even said, well, "You're going to do this." Jonah, yeah. You know, you're okay. going to. You're going to. He got mad at word. God because he did. I'll yeah. relent. I'll relent. I'll say, "Okay, mm-hmm. that's true." But Jonah is the only one that knew that. Mm-hmm. Well, Jonah was the only one in the conversation. I think. Oh, I don't yeah. remember anybody else in that story. God was in that conversation. Well, him and God. So God said, "I'm tell them that I'm going to destroy him." Didn't give yep. him any other conditions. No, nope. just said, "Go, go tell him I'm going to destroy him." Yeah. Now Jonah knew who God was and said, "Nah, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, dude. I want him to die." Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll walk the other way. Evil people—they deserve to die. But we—we all agree. We're all agreed at this table that God did use a form of deception Deception. to influence to a better decision in love and relent. Just to let you know that a hundred years later, they die. Okay, none of it goes back to their old ways, and God Mm -hmm. takes care of that. So. Let's keep going on these questions. All right. Uh, How important is integrity and honesty in relationship? Very. Very. Hmm. Extremely. Okay, why? Very. Integrity is doing what's right even when nobody sees. Right. Why is that important for a relationship? If nobody sees it. Does it really matter? Yes, it does. <laughs> Tell me, Steve. Play the Come on, to get over I mean, here. if you cut a tree down, does anybody hear it in the woods? And you're the only one there. Yeah, no. no. Listen to the wise Yoda. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, why, yes. why? 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 If you cannot, what? Why do you think it's important in relationship, Alexis? Why do you think that honesty and integrity is important in relationship? Well, first of all, when we started talking about this topic, integrity was one of the first things that came to mind. And I think that it's one of those words we use right along with honesty. Um, But when thinking about whether or not an instance of deception is justifiable, in my mind, I think, will it uphold integrity in this moment? Will it uphold my integrity? What is integrity? I believe integrity is when you are, number one, acting with the good intentions of the others around you. Um, I think it's making sure that your behavior, your actions are for the love and for the good of others. That's Um, my definition of love, by the way. Right. Um, And so I think that especially in a relationship, it's really important to make sure that you don't compromise the integrity that you've set up in that relationship. Because it undermines the trust. It undermines the if I'm in a relationship and we have set these relational boundaries, we've set these, I want you to tell me the truth in these instances, um, which in my opinion would be in most things. Um, If you undermine that, even if you think you're protecting that person, I'm of the opinion that you have to be careful when you determine that you're going to lie on someone else's behalf because you think it's going to protect their feelings. Um, I think there are instances when maybe that's okay, but you have to be very, very careful about that boundary. Um, Because if you're going to have a relationship, I really believe it needs to be built on trust. Mm -hmm. Even if you're going to have a hard conversation. um, And I don't think your only two options are deception and brutal honesty. I think that there are other ways to communicate honestly without being just mean. (laughs) You're going to have have tact. tact. Thank you little couth be a little couth so in other words we want our cake but we want to eat it too 
I don't think it has anything to do with cake. I think you're making I'm hungry. You want some of course cake? you are. I want honesty, but I want it my way. Right away. Not no. necessarily. I, yeah. I'm just playing, but I'm serious. Devil's advocate. Yeah, devil's advocate. Well, I think I'm asking why is that important in relationship? And I'm getting the answer of, you well, know, there are bases for deception, but I don't, I think honesty is important, but still the underlying, and that's always going to be a question with me. Why? Why is it important? Why do we build up that honesty in relationship? Is that important? Why is that something that is necessary in a relationship? And I think that's what I'm asking more. Because trust must be there. Yes. Why? have a strong relationship. Why? What is trust? What happens when you don't have it? What? Trust? Yes. Trust. What happens in a relationship when there is no honesty? It's hard. You, the relationship gets broken up. How? Why? That's no, you, what I'm... You, you don't believe in what they say. Because it's... I think honesty is essential in a relationship for honest and authentic communication to occur. Because how do you know what is truth right. and what is a falsehood? You're insecure at any mm -hmm. moment. If it's chaotic. Speak. It's chaotic. Yeah. yeah, it's it's anarchy. It's there's no there's no common understanding. There's no way for you to be able to under. I mean, imagine what it would be like living in a society in which no one expected the truth. Yeah, and love is is as. Uh, what basis? Broken. Well, yeah. Well, not not just love, dude. But well, I'm talking about there's no basis at all for common understanding. Yeah, one second I could be telling you, but you're in your mind. You're going, well, how do I know if that's truthful or not? There's no foundation on which to walk on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what what basis could a person? I have this question here. On what basis could a person make important decisions if there was no expectation of honesty? How in the world could we even talk to one another if what you could? And I define integrity as something you can build on. Mm -hmm. If I look at a structure of a house, I question whether or not it is integrity, integrally sound, whether or not the foundation has integrity, whether or not the walls have integrity. If I'm going to sit down in a chair, I need to find out if it has integrity for me to be able to sit down on it. If not, if it starts to creak, I was at, I was at a certain restaurant. I'm not going to say what name it is because I don't want to. <laughs> I was at a certain restaurant. I sat down, their chair started to creak. Well, in my history, and I've been a big boy pretty much all my life. It was one time I was 380-something pounds, okay? Wow. Sit down in a chair. If it starts to creak, you get your butt up off that chair. Why? Because it is not structurally sound. It does not have integrity. And if we get rid of honesty in our communication, we say that it is not integral for authentic communication because I really believe that authentic communication requires honesty. It has to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we have no foundation to believe the other person at all. Does that make sense? So that's the why. In order for us to be able to have a conversation together, you have to be able to build your understanding off the basis of what I'm saying. Right. Does that make sense to you guys? Yep. So that's what I'm, I'm not, I'm, there's not a correct answer to that. I just, I, I think one thing is to label the legalistic standard of there's got to be truth. There's got to be truth. And we understand that there's got to be truth. But I think we have to go deeper than that as people. We have to understand the reasons why that pretext has to be in relationship. Why is that important for us when we're engaging in conversation? Why do I need to act in a truthful way most of the time, certain exceptions notwithstanding? And we're, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But why does that have to be the foundation, the course of why, how we're talking to one another? Because you need to be able to believe what I'm saying, and I need to believe, be able to believe what you're saying so that our relationship and through conversation can be built on that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's the why. For me, that's the why. Is that the why for you? Steve? Steve? Sorry. Steve? Yeah. 
I'm looking Steve? at Steve. Steve? Yeah. I think I lost him. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Lost me. Did I, did, am I am I just, is that splitting hairs? Y'all think y'all were saying the same thing? I just wanted to make sure that we define the why. What about, how do we, how do we even cooperate with one another? I think trust and cooperation require honesty. You have to have those things. I, yes. I think uh, in order for there to be civil cooperation, I have to trust that you you know what you're doing. And then when you tell me you know what you're doing, like I, for you to work the farm and, and build the land up, I have to trust that you know what you're doing. And you tell me that you know what you're doing, that I'm going to believe what you say and trust you to get it done. Cause there's no stinking way. I know. I don't even know what lever to push on the, the tractor. Is there a lever to push to start it? What? There's a button. Okay. There's a button. All right. I don't know. And you got to push the clutch in. Be like Unless you're neutral. That's okay. It's like getting you to try to work the keyboard. That would be funny. <laughs> I can't work that keyboard. Is there either. an on switch on that thing? Or you just yeah, plug it in. It's easy to turn that it's part a, on. The, the on is switch it? is easy. It's just yeah, getting it's to a, a, a sound that that actually works. But trust us. I, I can't even play GarageBand on my phone. I'll show you. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, but it's very fun. Trust is critical for a society to be coexisting, to be prosperous. And being a person of one's word establishes trust and worthiness and trustworthiness. Uh, and, and if you look at the Mosaic Law in Deuteronomy, he it, it continually every time it talks about you know um, the com- commandments of love for one another, it alludes to the fact that there's got to be some kind of honesty that that is in there. You shall only have one full and honest way. You shall only have a full and honest day's measure, so that your days may be long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. Um, and it reiterates that in Leviticus 19. So and and I would say Proverbs says it too. And if you check out Proverbs, Proverbs is all about the people that are deceiving you with their kisses. Like, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Going to your point, Alexis, where you're saying, I'd rather have the honesty, not brutally mean, but I'd rather have the honesty than somebody that kisses my hand, the kisses of an enemy. That's what Proverbs is talking about. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend versus the kisses of of the enemy. So, Mm -hmm. um, it Proverbs emphasizes that trustworthiness brings healing to both relationships and communities. And I also think that if we're going to go further than that we need to remember that in order for us to for there to be any kind of dignity in our in our culture at all it's got to this is why i think we find ourselves where we're at and i'm gonna step off in it now this covid19 stuff the did reason you say that i did i am we're gonna get say that here here i'm gonna on the, air. That's the, the reason why word. why there are so many theories and all you want to call them conspiratorial i'm just going to call them theories it's because there is a distrust for the information that's being given yep and if there is not trust for the people in the leadership that's talking then people are going to try to find something more trustworthy Um. and then you find that now we've got a divided i mean and i'm not just saying in half now it's like in thousands where some people believe this way, some people believe this way, and it doesn't look unified at all. I walked into Walmart. Walmart <laughs> or Walmart? Walmart. Walmart. Okay. Walk into Walmart, and you'll see one lady. I'm, I'm not kidding. I was walking out of Walmart, and this lady had the mask on. It's great. I'm not, I'm not questioning whether or not somebody, her exact age, her exact age, without one. That's just one example. I was at, I was at the same restaurant I was talking about with the, the, the unsound chair. And... And this couple walks in with masks on and they begin screaming at the manager because they didn't have masks on and they weren't mandating masks. And they literally had to escort them outside 
because they oh were causing God. a scene mm. at the restaurant. I'm just saying, at this point, if human dignity absolutely requires honesty, mm. you have to have it. If, if people are going to act and respond in trust, then we have to have leadership that has trustworthiness. I'm so thankful I serve a God that's trustworthy. I'm so thankful that he's faithful. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that he's worthy and that he's acting at all points at all times in accordance with his character. And even if that looks like it's dishonesty in, in the way he presents the thing, I don't think he's ever counter to that nature is what I'm trying to say. So, But I think it behooves us to say yeah. this is the reason why honesty is important in relationship. This is why honesty is important in our culture. This is why honesty is important in our leadership. Uh -huh. All of these things. Okay, so let's let's talk about some examples that. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs twenty-two, I'm sorry, twelve twenty-two said the Lord detests lying lips, mm -hmm. but He delights in people who are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And Proverbs twenty-five one says telling lies about others is harmful as hitting them with an axe or wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Yep. Again, we're we're going back to the place of we need to define what lies are. Yeah. Right? Because if it's legally centered, then we're we're in trouble. It it can, can do some damage. That's what that says to me. Right. What can do the damage? Lying. Lying. Period. Lying lips. Okay. What is lying lips? Lips that lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it said trust is Trustworthy, trustworthy, which is important because a trustworthy person is someone who acts with honesty and integrity. Yes. And I I would say that um, I didn't know Corey Timboom personally, but I would say that they were acting with integrity in that moment to protect others. Yes. And if you looked at just the lying lips, then you could say, well, she had lips and she lied. What then? What about Rahab? What about Rahab? Yeah. Yeah. What about the wise men? Mm-hmm. Well, he just said he detests them. That's all I'm saying. So did he detest Rahab? No. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying. So is that a contradiction, or do we need to reiterate what the actual definition of lying lips is? Lips that lie. <laughs> well, if God detests lips that lie, then you're saying that God detested Rahab. No, because she's in the Hall of Fame. If you, Hall of Faith, you mean? Hall of Faith. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. If we're legally sitting, and this that's is the problem I'm that we've got in the churches, right? It's like right. saying that all murder is bad and then demonizing the people in the House of Israel that went and killed every person in the nation. I'm just saying that we've we, we got to find what God means when he says these things instead of legalizing and making things legalistic. Because I think we come from a culture, Steve, that that's what happens. We demonize the thing instead of looking into our hearts and acting the way the Lord wants us to act. It's really easy to follow a law. It's not easy to follow your heart. I just want them to be trustworthy for sure. Trustworthy is, and again, we have to identify what that is. Let me ask you a question. And we're going into these categories. Let's see if we think there are times where we believe that we should be able to use deception in these circumstances. Have you ever evangelistically spoke? Exaggerated? Never. See, I would say that that's a lie. And I God just, detests I just lying tell lips. A lie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going we, straight to hell. Yeah. How about this? When uh, we fill out our cards at the end of the year and we report to general counsel, do we ever evangelistically speak on how many souls got saved at the um, revival? Sometimes they do. No, I'm just saying. Or how many, how many people responded to our altar calls or the hyperbole of, you know, this was the, it's the greatest message I've ever heard or the, the best worship song that I've ever written or, 
any of these things. Do you think that they're in Psalm chapter? Look at let's look at a scripture reference. Let's let's see if this even works for us. Um, this is one I found in Psalm chapter six. I should have all these already pulled up. Uh, Psalm chapter six, verse six, and it says, "I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping." All because of lying. Do you think that is evangelistically speaking hyperbole? Do you think that is is that is that acceptable? I I cried so much last night that I ran out of tears. I ran my butt off. <laughs> I worked my butt off. You don't really have a butt. I'm, but I'm just saying, if I, I if, if I said that, I'm I'm saying it is that a lie? Is that deception? I think no. we, we have to make a distinction here between something that is um, creatively speaking or emphasizing to make a point and then going past the point of authenticity. I think we as um, one of the most common things that I hear against Christianity is that we're fake. And so I think that when you are speaking from the heart, especially if you're providing a message, you have to make sure that it is coming from a place of authenticity, even if you are using creative language, um, there's a difference between persuasive speaking and creative language than manipulative language. Mm. So you don't think it calls into question the integrity of the person if they are constantly evangelistically speaking? If it's causing harm... I agree. I agree. I 100% agree. I'm just trying to call into question of, all right, well, what does that mean? If I'm, if I consistently evangelistically speaking and talking in hyperbole, does that mean that you can trust the measurements in which I'm speaking in? If you do it on a regular basis, and then eventually they're not going to trust you. Now I ran my butt off, or I, I did this stuff. Like you're saying, creative language, the hyperbole of a of a poet versus someone who's doing it to be pervasive or malicious. exactly we we've all we've all listened to those sermons that are just extremely manipulative in the way that they speak and they're trying to get you to they're trying to fabricate emotion and this one gets me because the gospel was radical then and it's radical now and it needs no exaggeration uh, i think that when you get into that very manipulative we all feel it there's something that we can just feel the the fake coming off of it and I think that treads into cult territory. I think mm. that is where you get into trouble is because they are trying to fabricate an emotion in you, whereas the gospel is something that affects you from the inside, not by the person speaking, but by the Holy Spirit. And Holy so Spirit, yes. as long as you are speaking with authenticity, mm-hmm. um, which if you're, I, I speak flowerly, I know that I, I can speak in a creative way and I love that. I think there's a lot of beauty in the poetry of the Psalms. Um, and it can connect with a different part of you. Yes. But that is not manipulative language. Um, it could be hyperbole. I think you could define it as hyperbole, but hyperbole can be also exaggeration and not a creative way. Exaggeration in, as you were talking about the numbers, um, you know, of this many people got saved when it was less. Yeah. Well, what about when Jesus says, if your right eye offends you, you should pluck it out? That is, it's a... It's going to hurt. <laughs> Definitely. <it's laughs> hyperbole. Or if your right hand is, 
you should cut it off. Better for those things to be gone than for your whole whole body to suffer in hell. Do you think he literally meant to go and cut out your eye, or it's, do you think he was making a point? It's making an illustration. Point. Right. It's, it's a way that you. It's kind of the parable. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't want to pluck your eye out. <laughs> no, I like to see. Yeah. I like to be able to see. If you're going to get into that ter- territory, then is a metaphor lying? Is is a parable lying? You know, it's, I wouldn't say that those are. I think that's a different measure. It's a different I, I, medium. Again, though, if we take the standard that most people do when they say black, and, like we're saying black and white, and you get somebody that goes to Proverbs and goes, lying lips, that's bad, it's terrible. All lying lips are bad, and you go, well, what is lying? Well, did Jesus kind of give a little bit of exaggeration there where he's telling people that not everybody started plucking out their eyes at that point? I noticed that the disciples all had both of their eyes and both of their hands. Uh, and I would say that in in Psalm 6, when he's talking in a big, huge, you know, hyper way, that Obviously, his couch isn't soaked from his tears. He might have one little section where he was crying, but obviously he wasn't, you know, those things weren't necessarily truth. They were just saying an expression, an artistic way of saying something. Is that bad? I think we, I think you're saying it right. right. We have space to, to utilize that. It's not a, a, a malicious deception. It's just to create, you know, um, an emotion because they realize how 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 hurt they were they were crying so hard that there's it's just in i don't think it's deception at all it's not deception at all it's it's just well that that brings us into our next section though white lies white Mm -hmm. lies now i'm going to define this so we all got it white lies are are lies that are meant to smooth discourse or, or deflect minor conflict supposedly without doing any harm to anyone for example if you're late to a meeting it's often tempting to manufacture a face-saving excuse such as traffic was bad today or I got a last-minute call that I had to take or take this very common scenario. You don't want to talk to someone, so you ask a colleague to tell the person that you're out of the office or in a meeting or other kinds of white lies that include statements like, let me introduce you to let, let me introduce you to my dear friend, and it's a colleague that you don't like very much, or I see you're a wise person to a customer who's always obviously a, a fool, or I'll call you when you obviously have no intention to call them, or I'll pray for you. When you obviously That's don't have any do the most. Yeah. Or, um, you know, the ones like what we were talking about with your wife who, you know, may at that point be looking for uh, re support and not, not the honest answer that you would give in that moment, you know, just, you know, does this make me look good? And no, I really don't like that. Or that shirt sucks or that kind of stuff. Those aren't necessarily the, the things that they're looking for. So why lies? Do you think that there are there's space for untruth in those areas? Or do you think that we should not be doing those either? Of course, we're, we're all looking at Alexis. Everyone's looking at me all the time. Well, but so, no, well, I'm, I'm saying I, everybody should be answering this. I think only reason why I looked at you is because he entered it with the woman. <laughs> you know, what, what was I going to say to my wife if she mm-hmm. asked me a question? So I'm like looking at you like, oh, uh-huh. hmm, go ahead. Want to throw it? Anything? No, no, what? no. You, you started, you answered. What do you think? You think we have space for, for dishonesty in, in a uh, social discourse to smooth it out or should we deflect minor conflict still, with deceit? I'm still on a white lie. I think I'm going to go back and, and I'm going to, I'm going to be steadfast on my comment of your relationship with the person. Obviously, coworker, person you don't really like. 
it's just it's just information left unsaid. If you don't say it, I mean, how many times you, your mom used to say, if you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say it. Man, that can get me in as much trouble as actually saying a white lie. Well, yes, <laughs> but no. Because at least that way you don't have to answer for it. You can be held accountable for, for everything thoughts. you don't even say. Yes, come on. But come on. We were just said that I we would, can deceive would, with our, right? Yes, yeah. with your minds, with your body language. I, I know that. But realistically, like Alexa said, it, it, I like the way you said it about the flowery conversation or in your the way you talk. Right. Okay. I think at some point it can undermine your integrity and your character. Um, I think if you get in a habit of white lies, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for bigger and better lies. I think it's like, yep. yeah, it can, it can be a gateway into thinking, well, if this is harmless or well, yeah. if this doesn't hurt anybody and now you've established yourself as someone who can't be trusted. Now you've undermined the integrity because if, if you say, um, I'm sorry, I was late to work. There was a wreck on Broadway, and you can. And continue. there probably was. There might have been. But you didn't go Broadway. But say that person looked up. <laughs> say that person, for whatever reason, looks up. If there was a wreck on Broadway, they find out there wasn't. Now they're questioning everything mm. that you've told them. Yeah. Um, even if you thought that lie was harmless, uh, and I think also going back to just, you have to be careful about deciding what lies you're going to tell to protect someone else's feelings, especially if it crosses relational boundaries that you've set Do up. Do you ever think that people are, and, and again, we're just playing devil's advocate. I totally agree. You, you, if, you, if you're consistently lying, even about the small things, that you can't be trusted in the bigger things. I, I, I 100% Amen. agree with you on that. I agree that. with that. What I, I would say, though, do you think that there are times where people aren't ready to hear the truth? I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but that's growing. Yeah, but you have to discern whether or not it is appropriate to give them the answer. Or to not give them the answer. Because there are a lot mm-hmm. of times where you give them an answer and they're not ready to hear it. It causes things that you don't, that, that aren't peaceful. Well, maybe you didn't say it right. Well, I know for a fact that Jesus never said anything wrong, but they wanted to kill him. It was over me. <laughs> Everything was over me. Again, we're saying that I can't control the way people perceive those things and i think even when people did not want to hear the truth he gave them stories that alluded to the truth but he didn't give them the full out truth he didn't like present the whole idea so with your sin of omission versus the sin of commission if we're being completely honest that when the disciples came back to him after the parable parable of the sower and like what did you mean by this and he's like how long do i have to endure you how many times i've taught you this this is what this means but i and they go, well, why did you tell them in parables? Well, to people that actually want to know the truth, I'll actually reveal what these things mean. But to the people that don't, I'll speak to them in parables. Mm-hmm. I think even he gauged the amount of truth that was coming from his mouth to the people that didn't want to hear it because he knew that that wasn't loving. It's like with, with God. Can you imagine if he just downloaded all the truth of the vast expanse of the universe into you as soon as you got saved? You'd explode. You, there'll be no way that you handle all of it. I've eaten at some Mexican restaurants and I felt that same way. I'd be okay with it. Do you think that his not revealing that's gross? Um, <laughs> I, 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 there's a sound effect, but I'm not going to use it. Um, yeah, 
Thank you. All right. So what I'm saying is, do you think that he gauged the amount of truth or do you think he gauges the amount of truth that he gives us? And is that, is that the same as deception or is that, is that love? Is that? Well, I think there are some scenarios when it's more loving to allow someone to find the truth for themselves. Um, where there's some instances where people need to search through it. They need to work through several conclusions before they come to the truth. And I think there, so there is, are times that we should withhold it. Mm-hmm. Well, there are value. Yeah. I think there are yes. values in the parables speak, speaking where he was alluding to a truth, but if they were of the mind and of the heart to seek it, they were going to find it. They're going to look for it and come to that conclusion on their own. I know several people where if I just told them, what I felt laid out before them what the truth is, it would go in one ear and out the other. But if there are illusions here and there, and then they come to their own conclusion and then we can talk about it, it's going to sink a lot deeper into their mind and into their heart of what the truth is if they found it for themselves. So you're saying that it's okay for us to know the truth, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to speak it. It, You have to use discernment on the person. Wait, say that again? Well, that just repeating what I'm in a different lingo. I just said that yeah. just because you know the truth doesn't mean that you have to say all of the truth at that point. Well, uh, yes, I agree. I mean, just think about it. If if Jesus didn't speak in parables, then the people who sought sought after the truth, you you just give them the information. They walk off the other side, and you go, "Oh, I, I don't." Uh, did they hear me? So, what's the difference between that and a white lie? A white lie is to tell a falsehood. I wouldn't call a parable a falsehood. It's not the entire truth. But not the entire truth is not the same as a direct falsehood, saying this is true when it is not. So in relationship, if you ask a husband or someone and you say, I would like to have an honest opinion about it's, yes, it's raining outside and we are hearing that. that Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little stormy outside. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm just being truthful with y'all. All right. So, anyways, um, if 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 a husband or boyfriend or relationship in that regard, you're asking them an honest assessment, and you're wanting to be supported you, when you're asking the question. The whole hope is that you look good, and you you're told that you're you're being reinforced. Okay, and you say, hey, how does this shirt, you know, how does this shirt look? How does this outfit look? And he goes, well, your jeans look great. Yep, that is perfect. He's not saying a falsehood. Nope. But he didn't answer your question. Yes, that, he did. To me, yes, that, he did. That no. to me, no. Come on. He said the jeans look great. <laughs> do you? Would you be satisfied? Well, read between the lines. There's a problem there because it's a very, very obvious uh, omission. If I ask specifically, how does my shirt look, and they say, "Well, your jeans look great," I'd say you didn't answer my question. How does, your, how does my outfit look? And he says, your jeans are great. There you go. Sounds good to me. On this topic, this is a little (laughs) bit off. On this topic, I think there are other options, just from a woman's perspective. You don't have to say, you can say, how do I look? You don't have to say either you look terrible or you look fantastic. If they're wearing something that's maybe not incredibly flattering, you can say you look beautiful because I guarantee you, all of you, find your wife attractive. Yes. You find them beautiful. And so if you feel in that moment, if she's specifically saying, hey, I'm not sure about this, the way these sleeves look, you know, that's a more pointed, honest question. But if you think she's had a bad day, she wants to look 
you know, feel supported. You can say, you look very beautiful. And that's not a lie because I know that's how you feel. Does that make sense? You're, you're yes. not, your options are not. But did you answer the question? No, you didn't. Yeah, and no. usually no. after 20 years of relationship, if you just answer, you look beautiful. I know. Yep. They're going to look at you that's and go. That's a candid answer. That's a cop out, dude. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you what Cheryl will come back at me with if I say that. Oh, I'm saying that at some point there's going to have to be an inflection of, or you have to question what the heart is in the matter. If it, I think if you're self-preservating, if that's even a word, right. if you're in self-preservation and you're doing these white lies to preserve yourself, I think that your heart's wrong in the process. Yep. But if you are, if you're wanting to build up, if you're wanting to encourage, if you're wanting to, well, I, I tell people all the time because I know that God has made them awesome. So I look at people and I go, you're awesome. You're incredibly, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're wonderful. I think you're great. What they're doing may not be great. Right. <laughs> the people that they're acting like right now, they're not. Okay. But I will look at them and I'll say, you know what? You're awesome. I really love you. I really appreciate you. And that is encouraging. It's speaking love into their life. It isn't, it, it may not be an honest assessment of their character in that moment, but I'm looking at the big equation. I'm not looking at you know the now I just told a story for those of you that I say you're awesome it doesn't mean I know I'm I, was lying just to I was just thinking that as, <laughs> we, go, say, as, we, go, as we go forward I, was awesome. I knew I you would say that I do that and I had I probably should not have said that I thought I was awesome now. you are awesome I'm not so sure now God has made you awesome it is absolutely true all right so what about bluffing like in balderdash or in poker or those kinds of things I'm not good at that yeah we know that's why I wanted you to come over <laughs> I got a game going tonight. Come on, brother. Bring your money. Laura, Laura's able to read you like a like a book. Yes. Yes, she can read me. Well, do y'all think there's, I mean, mutual deception? I wouldn't even call it lying because there's consent. You know, they're not. So I have consent to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you, st- if you step into the game, you know you're part of this game. Part that's of what it, that's what you're getting this, though, right? We have, we have different boundaries for different scenarios. Uh-huh, of course. So... Again, it's no, not the basis understand. of the legal. It's the basis of the relational. It's not all lies are bad because we're already assessing that, oh, in this case, as long as we're both giving each other permission to play the game, it's okay. You know, so what camouflage, you're not a tree, <laughs> but you're misrepresenting yourself to be the tree so that you can kill an animal. Is that not deception? It is deception. Oh, we're talking about hunting. Yeah. Oh, I- I thought we were talking about okay. Steve being a tree. These are the last ones, and we're almost done. Okay, so what about, like with Corey Tinboom, someone has no right to the truth. For example, if a gun-wielding criminal comes into a convenience store for the purpose of robbing it, the employees, are they under an obligation to tell the truth about where the money is? I don't believe so, but I think this one's tricky. Where do you draw the line? Somebody comes into the church asking where the pastor is, got a gun, Wants to kill the pastor, depending on how you feel about the pastor. <laughs> right? Did, did he tell me I was awesome right. today? <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to let out on time? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't, again, Tim, does, does God hates lying lips? Hmm. Do we lie about, or do we tell him where the money is? Or how about this? Somebody walks in and wants your, your, to kill your, your wife. Has a gun. And says, hey, where's Laura? I need to talk to her right now. What about? And you know what, what he's wanting to do or she's wanting to do. What do you do, Steve? Knowing that God hates lying lips. Do you lie to him or do you tell him exactly where she's at? 
I don't tell them where she's at. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Okay, so or we got you just not say anything at all. What about what about mystery shoppers? Mm. What about people that are trying to get some information that's going to be helpful to a company? Like I've known churches that hire um, people to act like they're coming to their church, their guests, just to check out whether or not they're they're greeting and their visitor people or the way that they approach people are it's it's good. So they're trying, but these people are not church people. They don't they don't care anything about joining the church, but they're acting as if they are. Is that what? deception? Yeah, I've never heard. Do you of want that. me to go somewhere this weekend? Huh? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the fact that people actually hire guests to come in and and try to give them a report on how they were met at the door, how their greeters responded, how they were treated at church, all those things to give them an accurate report card, an objective view of how their church is operating and if they're doing a good job or not. They have people to do that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like mystery shoppers. What about if you're serving court papers and you know that if you tell them the truth, they won't accept the court papers? Mm. Again, I think this comes down to what we've been saying the entire time is what is your intention and is it from a foundation of of love? Um, is it from a foundation of integrity? What about confidentiality, Alexis? What if you tell me something in confidence in counseling and somebody asks me, Oh, yeah, you've made an agreement. You've made a very strong relational or professional agreement. You have to stick with confidentiality. What about fasting and giving? Matthew 6, where it says, don't appear like you are sick. Don't appear like you are you know, destitute. I want you to wash your face. I want you to put on your best clothes, and I want you to act. Or don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing in giving. It's a form of deception. I, I'm just saying that if this is, if, if it's just all one pervasive law that goes through everything and is supposed to be I, I don't think that we can do that i don't i don't think that that's what that's about and i think the bottom line is coming where we exactly what alexis is saying it's the foundation and the principle of our action has to be love it has to be that's the course of what we're trying to, to say here is that lies are generally when we're talking about we want to operate in honesty but at the end of the day the foundation that we're talking on has to be driven and guided by love. Just what he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the prophets hang on those things. Yep. In 1 Corinthians it says, these three, these th all the things that I've listed, these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. Let me show you the greater way, which is love. The greatest of all those things is love, right? Mm -hmm. So even with all of my gifts, even with all of the great things that we can do, without love it's it doesn't work so the bottom line is that all right um going into the song of the week we had a great conversation thank you guys for being honest yeah. <laughs> honest so you think uh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. the missionary Pulling out the lies, are you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, so uh we're gonna you're go awesome to you're just awesome tim Th mm -hmm. thank you yes tim am i still awesome <laughs> I'm not awesome. <laughs> no, you're. I was you're talking awesome, to Todd. Steve. You're, you're, you're awesome, Steve. Oh, All of you, you guys are you. completely incredible. I think you guys are wonderful. I think you're awesome. I need thank to go you. watch some YouTube videos on how to farm. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you wait to the contract to sign before you say this. That's right. Anyways, we've got to get into the musical segment of the week. Uh, this is a Fade Strange song, about a group that I was in a long time ago. I love this song. Uh, this song was written at a very difficult time in my life when I had a lot of questions about living for the Lord, and I had failed miserably in my relationship with my wife. So in a moment of incredible honesty with God, I poured my heart out to him and he revealed some awesome truth in my life. So I penned this song at a piano in an auditorium crying out to him. It's probably one of the more powerful and memorable moments in my life. This one is called Here I Am on My Knees. I hope you guys hear it and respond to it. begin to say I'm sorry for the things that I've done Lord I can't begin to say how I failed you every way how do I make it right I could close my eyes and wish the things had never changed I could regret the day I fell But it wouldn't say the same If I fell on my knees And begged you, Jesus, please forgive my every sin Make me whole again If I cried out to you Draw me to your face and give me Please 
forgive my every sin, make me whole again. If I cried out to you, and I asked you, Jesus, to hold my sin erase, draw me to your face, and give was Fade Strange back in 2009. Here I am on my knees. Written a long time ago. Really wasn't in 2009, but that's when it got recorded. Uh, I'm going to hold this thing down um, just a little bit. I'm going to say this uh, to, to tie it up. I, I believe God holds truth and love together in a perfect marriage. So when they're married, there is no conflict. When they're surrendered, when we face dilemmas, for example, when love requires deception, like Corey Ten Boom or Rahab or some of these other things that we talked about, or when truth causes harm, telling a truth child of truth that he or she is not a pre- prepared to understand this is not because there's something wrong with god it's because of the sin and the selfishness that's so prevalent in our world so until god's kingdom is fulfilled those who would follow god will experience periodic conflicts as they try to to love in truth and to tell the truth in love in other words the fact that truth telling in a biblical principle does not necessarily mean that there's an absolute to be always followed in every circumstance there are at least two occasions in the Bible in which deception seems to be allowed, and, and we talked about those today. So uh, we love to hear from you guys. If you if you have anything else you want to add to that, please let us know. Get on, get in contact with us. I want to thank Crossroads Community Church of Lindale, Texas, for sponsoring this podcast and allowing us the opportunity to broadcast to you from their podcast studio in Lindale, Texas. Go and check out their Facebook page, at C3 Lindale. And listen, if you're going through things or just have some things you need to talk through, give us a message on Facebook at the PT Podcast. We want the opportunity to listen and to pray with you. And listen, if you're going to comment on the page, don't be a jackhole, okay? What I want you to do is actually listen to the podcast, all right? I know you have opinions about religion. I think it's great that you have opinions about religion. You can message me anything you want, but don't go on there and start commenting about the motives of the people that are on the podcast without actually knowing what the podcast is about. You only look like a dummy, okay? So don't do that, please. Uh, and, and listen, next week, we're going to be welcoming back Dr. Carla Lech and tackling a, a controversial subject in, in our neck of the woods, especially uh, women in ministry. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you're able to join us for that. It's going to be fun. Listen, if you have an idea for a podcast that we'd like to hear uh, or, or that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please email me at tim at timletch.com. That's tim at T-I-M-L-E-T-S-C-H.com. Um, and let me know what you'd like to hear us talk about, and we can add it to the upcoming list of shows. And October 29th, we're going to attempt a live show. We're going to try to take some callers, which is going to be supernaturally dangerous but that's okay it's gonna be fun and we're gonna be talking about angels demons ghosts and the supernatural so um yeah yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with that one it has been an awesome conversation guys Uh, alexis is bittersweet i know that we're not gonna see you for a little bit i'm sad but we love you you. come back we're glad that you're able to yeah you can come back anytime you want to thank Um, you guys for having me save all those thanks for coming yeah save the what save the kids oh i thought you said De Niro's. (laughs) are most of them kids slaves or are they adult slaves too 
Uh, they are mostly children, so mm. they'll take them wow. from the age of three onward. Wow. But usually when they reach maybe 17 or 18, they get kicked out because they're no longer useful. And unfortunately, at that point, most of these are are young girls. And so you can imagine what happens. Mm. And Prostitution, sex slavery, those kinds of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh That's what Timothy Garland was telling me. It's your father yeah. was telling me that there's a lot of that uh, in, in the culture there. Yes, definitely. And when you're a child slave, you have nothing to your name. You have no education. You don't even have a name. What are you going to do when you're kicked out on the street at 17? So they go into the sex trade. And we're hoping to be a preventative measure of that. We want to get these girls before that happens. Um, You'll get them during. And what better hands to be in than the hands of God and and the hands of Ray's. I'm I'm really proud to be a part of it. I'm really proud of you. I'm really glad that you're standing out there, and we have got your back in prayer and yes. other ways as well. I think you guys Thank know you that. So um, that means everything. Well, we love you guys, and uh, I'm I'm really glad that you were able to come on here. I got to know you a little bit, and um, mm-hmm. appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, all of us. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a great conversation today. Um, hope it's challenged you. Yes. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna be here next week, hopefully, if the Lord allows it. But until then, this is Todd Bergen. This is Steve Howard. This is Alexis Garland. And this is PT signing off if no one has told you. God loves you so incredibly much, and so do I. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.